Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. The foundation for these times is the same of all ages, and I've talked to many men in the past, and I've always told them to find themselves a place of refuge. Find your place, a, a place where there's a strong, a strong strength of uh, withstanding against the elements. Um, when there's storms, when the winds are blowing vastly, uh, people are going to be affected by coming storms upon the earth. This is in no way uh, making um, a sensationalist uh, taking advantage of the realities of the last couple of days. But um, I really, and I've, I've been living at this not because we're going into the future, but this has been my life for the last 29 years. I've made my refuge uh, the rock of Jesus Christ. And one of my, um, this verse here says, Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. You always want to be able to run to a place of safety, a place of refuge, a place of peace. And he says, give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. And um, when I was watching the inauguration of the president, uh, the first term, Obama says, my wife, Michelle, is my rock. I'm like, oh, no. Make sure that you have a rock uh, like Jesus Christ. That's, that's, a, that's the rock we want to be on. We don't want, you know, some guys say that their, their savings is their rock. I got, I got a rock I'm going to go to. Make sure Jesus Christ is your rock because it's an immovable rock. And when the waves are crashing, you will be at peace. And you'll look to the side and people are going to be freaking out. But you will stand on the rock. And, and I always love this song that was written back in the 60s and 70s. And I want it to be your song for the coming year. This is going to be your anthem, okay? So let's go ahead and play that on the video. Um, and, and I want you to learn it. And this, uh, we're going to get the worship team to learn it. And, uh, and we're going to make sure that 2013, while every, every other ground is sinking sand, right? Everything else is falling apart. We're going to be on the rock of our salvation. Let's go ahead and watch this. When there's no one else to talk to, who do I turn to? Oh, no one wants to listen, who do I lean on? When there's no foundation stable, I go to the rock, I know he's able, I go.
I'm telling you, that's going to be our song for the new year. We want to build on that rock. We want to get everything we love, everything that we are, everything we have on the rock. And not put our foundation on anything else because everything is going to come down. We've seen it happen. Our hopes, our dreams need to be on the, on the game plan of the Lord. Um, second is, um, if you have any doubt that the Lord is inviting all people. I mean, this is the same thing like Noah's Ark. The invitation was to everyone to come into a safe haven and refuge. And Jesus Christ provides that reality to all those that will come. His invitation is, come unto me, all those of you that are heavy laden and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And so I want to tell you, uh, and this has been my all-time favorite song also, um, and I know that it will usher us into uh, the next couple of months, and as the days passed, um, he was willing to carry the whole world on his shoulders. And I want to tell you something. Um, our calling is just that. We need to be prepared to receive the weight of the weary of this world upon our shoulders. We, we're the answer. Um, it's, very, it's very comical how in the times of Jesus, he was walking around as the answer of the world's problems. And people were coming up to him and they were asking him dumb questions like, why don't your disciples wash their hands before they eat? There's going to be a lot of foolish people asking a lot of foolish things when the answer to their very life is you and I, the church. They're going to be, why, why don't you guys, why, why is this going on? It's like, listen, quit asking dumb questions and get with the team. Because the team has the answers. And so the Bible, one of my favorite songs of all times is, if he carried the weight of the world on his shoulders, uh, I know he can carry you. So you need to have that expectation, two things. Number one, you're not supposed to be a deer in the headlights. You know that sign? Like, right before a deer gets hit, the headlights are on him, and he's like, what do I do? You don't do anything, you get run over. Christians are not supposed to look like that in the midst of what's going to go upon the earth. We, we, we are the guys that are saying, come on, we got the answers for your dilemma. Your depression has a way out. Your sadness has a way out. See, I'm not part of your problem. I'm part of your answer. And I refuse to let the world tell me that, you know, freaking me out, we're, we're going off the fiscal cliff. Not if you're on the rock, you're not going off any cliff. When you're founded on the peace of the Lord, it says it surpasses all understanding. So let's listen to this song, and I want it to be your focus, your laser light focus in 2013. We're building on the rock. We're getting serious with God, and then we know what the world's answer is. It, co it continues, and it is still Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and watch this. For whatever comes down the road. There is no problem too big, God cannot solve it. There is no mountain too tall, He cannot move it. There is no storm too dark, God cannot calm it. There is no sorrow too deep, He cannot soothe it. Shoulders. 
cannot solve it There is no mountain too tall He cannot move it There is no storm too dark God cannot calm it There is no sorrow too deep He cannot soothe it If He carried the weight of the world Upon His shoulders I know my brother that He will carry you If He carried favorite song if he was able to carry the weight of the world um, the invitation for the Lord was that he came in let's go ahead and turn on the lights again um, he had come into this world with God's game plan and to fulfill God's call um, I hope that you understand the significance of your participation that you come into this world with the same same uh, plan to get on the Lord's you know, you're in this world with a purpose, the purpose of the Lord. Fulfill it. As Jesus was talking about why he had come into this world, people were going around, you know, going, man, this guy is connected. He has incredible authority with what he speaks. And that's what the Lord is doing for us here at the house of God. He's getting you prepared to fulfill your role. And this is, this is the transcript right here. This is what you should really get into in this time uh, so that you not be uh, taken. Uh, in fact, we were talking about this. Let's go ahead and read that real quickly in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says that uh, things are going to get a lot more out of control. 2 uh, Timothy 3, and we start in verse uh, 13. Um, it's, it says, Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Um, this, is, this is the state of the union. You know, like, the, I, I guess at the, here at the beginning of the year, the president will sit before a camera. He says, this is what's going on in our nation and in the world that we live in. Well, I think that God wants to do that for us today in the house of the Lord. He wants us to know that the things are going to get, um, look at the two words there, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I want you to circle the two words you guys, if you don't own a Bible and bring it to church, you're not going to serve yourself the best you can. You, you know what, what overcomes the devil is the Word of God. And we need to be experts at bringing our Bibles and, and getting ready to everything God's going to give us. Um, let's go ahead and dismiss the children back to Sunday school. Um, but we, we need to get busy in the house of God. Um, one of the announcements I want to make, I, I, want, to, I want to have a, a, a meeting at 6 o'clock this afternoon. Um, Spring of Life Fellowship as a church and as a ministry needs to have an executive team. Uh, you know, the pastor's good. We have a good, solid core of workers. But we need people that are going to be 
thinking, speaking, and acting like the leadership of Spring of Life. So at 6 o'clock this afternoon, I want to meet with those of you that are interested in being part. I can't promise that all of you that come will be part of that team. But if you're interested, um, the meeting's for you because we're going to give certain guidelines and parameters um, for you to work, walk in, in that direction. The more of executive leaders we have that will think, speak, and live like the head team here at Spring of Life, the more powerful we're going to be. Amen? Uh, and so at 6 o'clock this afternoon, I'm going to meet with those of you that are interested. Um, some of you might be uh, too new or too young, and I'm going to tell you guys to continue to pursue that, uh, but maybe uh, in a couple of months. But we do need an executive team that we need to put together here. So here, going back to that verse, the, the two key words is worse and worse, and remember, I want to encourage you this. Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. You know, devils are supposed to be devils. That doesn't concern us. This doesn't mean that our life is going to grow worse and worse. If somebody wants to mess up their life real bad, hey, see you later. I'm sorry about that, buddy. You know, you're going down the bad path. And then it says, deceiving and being deceived. Now, I want you to circle those two words, deceiving, and put non-reality. There's a lot of fakers out there. There's a lot of people that do not like to live the real life. They, they're in a fantasy world. They're in, in Peter Pan's Neverland. They, they never want to learn anything. They don't want truth. They love lies. The more lies they have in their lives, the better. The more they could live in darkness Nobody figures them out, the better. That's, that's the times we're going to live in. Um, but there is a remnant of people who love truth, who will die for righteousness, who live for God. And these are the people that Paul and Timothy, want. they want to be on that team. And he says, they are going to do this. Verse 14 says, but you are not part of that team. The next verse says, but you... Continue in the things you're learning. Ground yourself. Be sure that nobody can move you into non-reality. Don't let nobody, you know, the Spanish people says, don't let anybody come up with some story that you're going to believe. Que no te cuenten un cuento. You know, you know you're grounded. You know reality. You're not moved into fantasy. Uh, you know who you've learned them from, and be assured knowing from whom you've learned them from. Verse 15 and this is the reason we know what we know and we're assured and we're grounded and we're unmoved is because we're on the Word of God. And it says, you know that from childhood you've learned the Bible, which is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So the world, darkness, deceivers, growing worse and worse, evil men, fakers, um, one of my friends wrote something called posers. You got to learn that word, P a poser. Somebody who's trying to sell themselves out for what they're not. That's not us. We are grounded on truth. Jesus Christ is truth. You could go all the way, press into Christ, and you're going to find serious reality. He says, I am the way, I'm the truth. When he uses that word truth, it's, it's interchangeably with reality. I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm reality. I'm as real as you get. Um, and so Paul is telling Timothy, don't, don't be part of the first team. You're, you're solidly knowing you're grounded on the second team. So let's go ahead and, and get into the Word of God. And we want you to press into your thing. I got an announcement, though, before we get into the Word. Okay, we, we said we we're going to start the Daniel fast um, today, but you know, as I was in the presence of the Lord, and as I'm speaking, you know, just living with God, like saying, God, I, I don't know about you guys, if you know me, I hate religion, and the Lord hates religion. Religion is opposing, it's a poser, you're appearing to be something. Um, God wants relationship. 
He's, he's not into religion. He's into relationship. And many times for us human beings, we like the automatic appearance of doing things repetitively. That's religion. The Lord wants relationships. So the Lord says, Joaquin, this year um, we're going we're gonna to establish relation over religion. And so instead of doing the Daniel fast, we're going to do the Isaiah fast. Is that good? The Isaiah fast. And we, I don't know what, if there's another church out there doing the Isaiah fast, but that's the fast we're going to do. And it has nothing to do with not eating. And I know a lot of you are going to be real happy about that. <laughs> You're going to go, oh, thank God. Not another three weeks of not eating. Isaiah 58. And we're going to start there and read this real quickly in verse 3. Isaiah 58, verse 3. This is just an announcement. Um, those of Isaiah's days were saying, Lord, we fasted and it hasn't been a big difference. We've withheld food. Why haven't you seen this? Why have we afflicted our souls, not eating? Well, you know, we did that last year. A lot of us were afflicted. And you take no notice. You don't notice that we have stopped eating for three weeks. And then he says, in fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit. This is what he says. You exploit all your laborers. You take advantage of those people who work for you. Verse 4. Indeed, you fast to quibble about who's not fasting. Oh, you ate chocolate. That's not on the list of things on the Daniel fast. Oh, you ate potatoes and potatoes. Are, oh, you ate rice and beans. And people are all into their religious keeping the, what they ate or didn't eat. Oh, you messed up. That's it. Uh, your, your garbanzos had chorizo. You know, that's it. You broke your fast. It's no good no more. And he says, you fast to argue and to strike your fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. He says, you're going about things trying to make your voice heard on high, but it's all religion. You're not doing it right. So verse 5, he says, um, is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Do I really just want to mess up people's lives? How many think that just God is into this just to mess with us? To, he says, no. Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to be sad and to spread out his life in sackcloth and ashes? Why would you call this a fast and this be acceptable to the Lord? Daniel fast. Um, verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to go and free people that are captive to wickedness? God, Lord, I'm not having a hamburger this for lunch today. And he says, listen, instead of not having a hamburger for lunch, these 21 days, invite a friend of yours to lunch to talk to him about Jesus. How many like the Isaiah fast? We're going we're gonna to do 21 days of the Isaiah fast. We're going to purposely schedule times with those that do not know the Lord to talk to them about the Lord. Let's go back to verse 6. To undo the heavy burdens. There's, there's people that you know that have issues. And part of your 21 days is going to be inviting them to your house. Asking them if you could go over to their house. Inviting them to a local coffee shop to say, you know something, I notice you're a single mom and, and you're having issues with your daughter. I would like to invite you to come to youth group, to come to our church. I would like to be a little bit involved in your life. It says to let the oppressed go free, those people that are having issues. Now, you know, just like we schedule our time, okay, what are we going to eat for breakfast? What are we going to eat for lunch? Okay, see, that's all into you. The Isaiah fast is all about someone else. That's what Spring of Life is going to do. We're going to purposefully for 21 days, and we're going to come up with creative ideas during these 21 days. I'm going to get my executive team that we're going to put together this, this afternoon. We're going, to, we're going to start putting things together 
so that we can help the body of Christ serve more excellently, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke, everything that's holding a person down from getting ahead to the next level, we're going to be the answer to that during our Isaiah fast. Verse 7, is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to go feed the poor, to go, you know, go and, 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 and invest? Those gift cards are really powerful um, you know, buy a gift card for somebody to Cheesecake Factory or to Applebee's or to a restaurant and says, look, I would like to invite you and your husband to dinner. And just this is going to be my fast, my Isaiah fast. I'm doing something at my church, and, and we want to bless you because guess what? We're trying to, this is what we did last year and the year before, the Daniel fast was trying to garner the heart of God, to get God's attention. And so we're going to do it like the Isaiah fast because God is saying this. He says, this is the fast that I really open my eyes. And you're going to see how powerful this is. He says, when you share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are not invited very much. They're not invited very much. Um, it's very difficult. You guys don't even understand what it is to, to invite somebody over to your house that probably you would never do. Um, when you see the naked, you cover him. I want during these 21 days that, that you just check off one of these things, and we're going to come up with this. Go and buy somebody a shirt that you would buy for yourself. People love to give away old stuff. It's like, empty, let's empty out our closets, man. I got some, hey, hey, brother, do you think you would like my old Lacoste shirt? It has two holes in it. It has two chlorine burns in it, but that's fine. It'll look good on you. I wore it for 20 years. No, 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 listen to me. You're going to go and you're going to close somebody like if it was you. You're going to buy something that, that would cover somebody, somebody that would want something they can't have. You're going to be the source that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Some people, the, the most difficult people to deal with is who? Family. Family. So, oh my... My heathen, my heathen family. <laughs> Listen to me. It's time to, let's, during these 21 days, we're going to go visit them, and we're going to go share what we have with them, the love of God. And, and this is going to be a powerful thing. Again, why are we doing this? Listen to me. The same way we did the Daniel fast where we didn't eat, and a lot of us like, oh, man, this is grueling. This is going to be grueling too. Okay? And then it says like this, verse 8. Look at God's promise. Then your light shall break forth like the morning, and God will even heal you of your infirmities. How many want a healing during the Isaiah fast? Listen to me. He says, there will be healing in this. There's going to be supernatural testimonies of God bringing in healing. He says, your healing shall spring forth fast. I like this type of... Isaiah, the answers to prayers fastly. He says, and your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. God's going to watch your back. That's, I love that. God will watch our back. And it continues on to say, um, is that the next verse? Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer you. You're clearing up the airwaves. You're like getting all the static at. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of that finger. You know, usually when you're doing something positive, you don't have time to criticize people. I'd never have time. I, I've been on the radio now for 10 years. And, and I know there's some radios where the pastor gets on there and they're talking bad about every preacher in town. You want to know who has time to do that? Somebody who's doing nothing. And usually when we're, you know, not doing nothing, we're very critical. But when you're busy, you know, and if I sit down and I hear somebody for 10, 15 minutes talk to me negative about anything or anybody, I know I have an idle person. You got something for me? Okay. This is good. Okay, that's for later. I'm telling you, man, we have an awesome team. Um, okay, so here it goes. He says, 
Instead of the pointing critical finger, speaking wickedness, because all these words we speak, the Lord doesn't want to hear it. We have been called to bless, and the blessing is our mouth opens, and what comes out makes things happen positively. Cursing is you open your mouth, and what comes out, you're making things, even if you're describing. Uh, I'll give you a little game plan. Uh, this is a little bit crude, but here it goes. Every time somebody approaches me and starts talking real negative, I say, would you like to meet for me to talk to you about my bowl movements this morning? You wake up in the morning, you go to the bathroom, and it's ugly and it's stinky. Why would somebody want to come and talk to me about that? So anybody who comes up to me to talk to me bad about a situation, or I tell them, would you like to sh- sh- for me to share my bowel movements with you? And they're like, no, pastor, don't go there. Well, then why are you talking to me about stinky stuff? Use your mouth to have expressions of blessing on things that are The Bible says if anything is godly, if anything is pure, if it's virtuous, if it's praiseworthy, think on these things. Get your, what was that, Yvette, what was that they were saying? Stinking thinking? Yeah, get get your mind out of anything negative. It's not going to produce anything positive. So here he says, quit pointing your finger and quit speaking wickedness. Verse 10, if you pour out that which you sustain your own life, Listen to this very. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, reaching out to those that are downtrodden, then your light shall dawn in darkness, and your darkness shall as be as bright as the noonday. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. Isaiah fast. Verse 11. The Lord is going to guide your steps continually and satisfy you in drought and in dry places. He's going to, you're going to be like a well-watered garden as you do this. The strength of your bones shall be revitalized. You shall be like a well-watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. That happens to be my favorite song in Spanish. I played on the piano. It's very powerful. Verse 12. Those from among you, listen to where God is leading us, shall build Fallen homes, broken homes, as we walk in the Isaiah fast. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the brokenness. You guys are the ones that fix families. You fix marriages. You fix father and son's relationship, uh, brothers and sister relationship. The restorer of the streets in the dwelling place. Amen. And then the last two of the Isaiah fast, he says, get connected to the house of God. For 21 days, we're not going to miss a service. How many want to do that trade-off? We went from the Daniel fast to the Isaiah fast. For 21 days, we will be here at the midweek service. We will be here at the Sunday service. We will be here at the Saturday morning prayer service. We're going to give up all our meals. We're going to say, okay, Lord, we'll swap. We're going to eat all our meals, but we're going to walk in the Isaiah fast. How many want to do that for 21 days? And we'll see the glory of God. We'll see God's faithfulness in our lives. So let's go ahead and pray for the word of God. And I got 15 minutes to deliver a word. Father, I give you thanks for your goodness in our life. I give you thanks that we're not part of a religious walk but we have a relationship with you which causes us to walk every day in a new light because you make all things new. We pray that your goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our strength, our vitality, our wives shall be like amazing, uh, fruitful vines, Lord. Our children will be strong, fruit of the olive tree with the anointing of God and the presence of God. And I give you thanks for your power that works on behalf of those of us who believe and wait upon you. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you give this word, Father God, that will sustain us throughout this year. And we pray, Father God, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and a good seed planted on a good ground that will give forth good fruit that will glorify your name in heaven. 
Father, as the angels look at our lives, living for you, sold out and passionately, revive the fire of your spirit in us, O God, that we might live in these times, Lord, just as those men and women of old that were faithful, God, and us who have come to the end of this age, Lord, that we carry the weight of the burden of shining forth in your glory. We pray, Father God, that your word not return void, but that it would fulfill the purpose for which you send it. And we know, Lord, that the times to come will be mighty, they'll be glorious, O God, as you continue to prepare a bride that has no spot and no wrinkle, Lord. She's prepared gloriously for her groom, O God. We ask you to bless your word and prosper it in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. So, we've come a long way here to this very point, and I want to suggest that We are not a part of the problem of the last days. We're part of the answer. 1 Peter 3.15. As Christ is perfected in our heart, um, you know, the only thing upon the earth that has a severe identity crisis is the church. The church, the body of Christ. We're not supposed to be a fearful people. People look at us and they say, why are Christians so weak? They need a crutch. Listen to me. We're strong and will take the weight of every catastrophe that will fall upon the earth. When Karina came, Hurricane Karina, and FEMA and the federal government were like, we don't know what to do. And I don't know how many weeks went by before they did anything. You know who was doing something powerful? The church. And it was recognized that the church is the one that runs to assist the needy. You guys should have seen the teams that ran to Haiti during their dilemma. The teams that ran to Japan during a radioactive fallout. You know who it was? It was the church. We're not afraid of anything. We got the power of God. And so the love of God, the faith, we're not walking in fear. So the Bible says, begin to separate God more in your hearts. Uh, Align yourself out with the, the reality of God. Always be ready to defend and give an answer to the hope that is within you. When people ask, why do you guys believe that? Why, why do you, why you, I see you guys are strong, you guys are moving, you guys are full of joy, you're full of peace. Why? And it says, when you do so, do it courteously and respectfully. That's who we are. We're the Avengers. Get away from me, you little small one. No, no, no. Listen to me. In humility, in, in courteous, try, try to... To let them understand where you're coming from so that they know who you are. And, and say with me, answer. Well, some of you said a little bit. Answer. answer. We're not part of the problem and we don't have questions. We are part of the solution and we have answers. We don't walk in fear. We walk in faith. We don't worry. We hope. We're walking We're the people of God. We need to press into this. And during these last times, I want to tell you that's what's going to connect us even greater this year. What's going to connect us greater with our participation outwardly is our inward prayer life. You guys need to start visiting that prayer closet. We need to become stronger in our praying. In Luke chapter 18 verse 1 Uh, whenever everything is out of whack and things are going crazy, Jesus says that men ought to pray and not lose heart. So you don't have to go run to the psychiatrist and run to the economist and run to to Congress. No, 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 listen to me. We are a people of prayer. We need to get connected. I mean, I, I don't know, some of you... Uh, your prayers are like 911, 911, 911. When you get into all those problems, no, no, no. Listen to me. Prayer is more than 911. Prayer, again, is relational. What is in the heart of God for my life? What is in the heart of God for my marriage? What is in the heart of God for my w- role as a wife? 
What is the heart of God for being a mother to my children, to being a father? Uh, I want to tell you something, that we're not to go outsourcing our responsibilities. We're not to go outside of what God has given us a responsibility to. As, as one of my, within the last five years, I knew that about five years ago, I started a 10-year track to say, I want to be the greatest parent to my children. Because I know that there's just a slot of time that, that is very crucial that my children would know what the role of a father is, what the role of sharing a relationship with my wife as husband and wife, as mother and father, um, how we would impact their lives by our capacity to be the parents God wants us to be to them. And a lot of people have, have maybe seen that on the side and not understand it. But even, I'll tell you, here's the fruit of our, we've done it for five years, but we got another five years to go. That, that was our block for 10 years. We were going to slam dunk this thing about being a mom and a dad. We're not going to put other issues at the priority. That was our priority. And uh, my daughter's sick. And she got a cold the last couple of days. And, and she's burning fever. And she asked her mom last night, Mom, you know something, could I stay home? Uh, I'm not feeling well. I said, you know something? We, we said, we'll talk about it in the morning. So this morning we woke up, and she says, well, could I stay in bed? I said, listen to me, when, when the Molina family is sick or when we have problems, we run to church. Amen. We don't stay home. I want you to understand that your source of refuge is the house of God. And you could go there, and she's in my, she's in my office now laying down. And she says, right before she, I came out here, she says, Dad, do me a favor. Since I feel so horrible and the devil's hitting on me, could you go out there and slam dunk it? Amen. That's a 12-year-old. That's a 12-year-old daughter that's being groomed to be a world changer. She's in the midst of trial. She's in the midst of, of adversity. But you know what? something? We're part of the answer. We're not part of the problem. We don't let problems and situations define our lives. We're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we're going to stand up to be world changers and leaders. And that's what Jesus says. He says, do not lose heart. doesn't matter what's going to happen this year. And guess what? We know we're going to have opposition. We know there's adversity. Well, how many are living in this world and understand that, that things are really twisted everywhere? But we are going to press into prayer. And that's what Jesus instructed us to. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, he says, uh, this was the end of Jesus's coming to the latter part of his ministry, he knew that it was crucial that he was connected to the Father, and he decided above all things to go and spend time in prayer. And he sp this is uh, Matthew 26, verse 36. Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told his disciples to sit down there while I go over here and pray. Jesus came to this place called Gethsemane, and he's told us, I will sit here while I go over there and pray. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to really press upon your heart that this year, if we're going to be able to fulfill everything God has for us, and we're going to be as fruitful as God wants us to be, and in tune with what God wants us to be in tune with, we need to be a people that are connected with God in serious prayer. In verse 39, he says, going a little farther, um, he gave us the subject of our prayer. And this is very important. Not only are we going to pray, but this is how we will pray. He went a little farther, fell on his face, and prayed saying, Father, this year I want it to be less about me and more about you. Less of my plans and my wisdom there's going to be a lot of people doing a lot of things on their own scale. They will be moving in the direction that will be amazingly uh, impressive to the world's eyes. But there will be some of us that will be saying, Lord, we want nothing of it. We want all of your glory. We want all of your will. We want to hear the heartbeat of God. We're going to be walking contrary to this world. And, and the only way that that happens is in prayer, visiting the Lord and saying, Lord, not how I would do it, how would you do it? Not how I would plan, but how would you plan? And he said, oh, Father, if it is possible, 
let this situation pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I think that's very powerful. And so going a little bit further in verse 44, uh, leaving them again, he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Lord, connect me with the things that you have planned for me. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, he talks about not being people of prayer exteriorly. Many people just pray when they come to church, and they're only thinking like God thinks the two hours they come to church. But he says, when you pray, you shall not be like the deceivers, the posers, the hypocrites, the fakers, for they love to pray outwardly. Uh, they love to see people. They love to be seen by men. Uh, surely, if they're doing it as an exterior experience, appearance of who they are, they have their reward. That's it. But you, verse 6, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father in secret. Have an intimate life with God in your intimate thoughts. Try to connect there at that place. For your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I think that's a powerful place to be this year. The, 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 the powerful uh, Psalm, I believe is 91. We're going to go to it real quick. See, a lot of things will be, uh, 91 verse 7, a lot of things are going to be happening at the same time this year. Uh, do you agree with me that some people are not going to be praying? Of course, they're going to be going out there trying to do their own thing, work in their own scenario. But there'll be a people of praying. And thank God for people that pray because they carry the weight of those that don't pray. But it says a thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. But these things shall not come near you. A lot of things are happening in many directions, but... Those that pray will be taken. It says, uh, verse 8, it says, Only observe, you will see this thing taking place with your own eyes. You will see the reward of the wicked. You'll see the consequence of those that are outside of God. You, from the outside, will observe the consequence of wickedness upon the wicked. Verse 9, you'll be not a part of the consequence of the wicked because you've made the Lord your refuge. You've made the Most High your safe dwelling place. And if you do that, verse 10, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. There's not going to be consequence in the presence of God. As great deception is rising in the air, non-reality, you and I both know um, in the 1980s, they started something with a TV program. Ready? It was called The Real World. And they wanted to put cameras in a house to film people living life for real. Why? Does anybody know Why? Because every time somebody was before camera, how are you doing? Yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. Everything is fake. Deception is everywhere. Jesus said deception would be everywhere. Um, we, we saw Michael Jackson when he was being accused of being a pedophile, how he stumbled into court without his white glove, right? And in his pajamas and without his medication. What did he look like? Does anybody know what he looked like? He looked like a severely afflicted and anguished soul. He wasn't doing no moonwalk or no back kick or no nothing. But what's on stage is a front. What's in Hollywood, what's in the media, what's going around in the world is a bunch of deception, non-reality. So people love, I don't know if you guys um, can mention for me, 
Um, what are the, some of the reality programs that exist in the last 20 years? I, I got them right here. Ready? Here it goes. It started off with the real world. Um, America got talent, Big Brother, the Mythbusters, Palm Stars, Extreme Makeover, uh, Survivor, Jersey Shore, Dancing with the Stars, Apprentice, um, Beauty and the Geek, The Biggest Loser, The Amazing Race, America's Next Top Model, American Idol. Listen to me. People want reality so bad, they've even come up with a program called Keeping Up with the Prostitutes, right? With people are following the life of prostitutes. Isn't that crazy? But people are looking for reality because there's so much deception in the earth. Um, the girls next door, the top chef, the apprentice, dancing with the stars, uh, pimp my ride, um, wife swap, hell's kitchen, the American chopper, the bachelorette, John and Kate plus eight. Guys, you know what's happening? That we've lost any measure of reality. And so who comes in at the platform of the end of the age is the people of God. And so here, Malachi chapter 3, verse 12, and uh, we'll close out the next couple of minutes here. Malachi 3.12 says, All the nations will see that you are blessed and happy. All the nations. They will see that you guys, people, people cannot believe, people cannot believe the marriage I have, the children I have, the family I have, the ministry I have, it's real. It's real. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the presence of God, filled with truth and grace, real. We're not faking the joy of the Lord. It's a reality. And so this is the destiny for those who walk in truth. Verse 11, it says, everyone's going to call you blessed. And verse 13, he says, no, let's go to 13. Um, your words have been harsh. And, and sometimes we sit there and, and look at this. And going, your words have been strong and hard, uh, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? God is sitting there listening to some, to some Christians and he says, man, you guys are speaking really tough words. And what are the tough words that Christians think or, or say? Uh, says the Lord, yet you say, what have we spoken out against you, Lord? Why are you saying that we're speaking wrong? Verse 14. You have said it is useless to serve God. What benefit is there in keeping his commandments and walking, you know, as afflicted, before the Lord of hosts. What, what good is there to, to live like a Christian? Verse 15. So now we call the proud blessed. You're calling the people in this world. They're doing good. What, what they're into is, is they're, they're favored and lifted up. For those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Look at everyone who lives not a Christian life. Look at everyone who doesn't pray. Look at everyone who doesn't go to the house of God. Look at everyone who doesn't serve the Lord. And those are the people we're saying that they're doing better than us. And God is listening to this stuff. And he says this. He says, hey, I'm going to show you soon uh, verse uh, 16. Then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. And he opened a book of remembrance. God, God is keeping track of what's going on. This Isaiah fast is going to be just like the Daniel fast was. What we did last year, the Daniel fast, that God put that down. He says, these are the people that are going to show themselves humble in my presence. God will lift up the humble. He says, humble yourself now before the hand of God and I'll raise you up. So now the Isaiah fast, and he says, it's written in a book. For those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name, who are considered, who are focused. And people say, oh, you're, you're too focused on the Lord. <laughs> yes. You're, you're too into that. Yes. Why? Well, you're into foolishness. I'm into wisdom. 
You're into not praying, I'm into praying. You're into not going to church, I'm into going to church. You're into reading all the crap, I'm into reading the bestseller of all times. I'm into it, man. I'm into it really good. And God says these things are being written down and kept remembrance of those who fear the Lord and those who meditate on Him. Why? Verse 17. So they belong to me. God says these people, they're for real. They're mine. And since they're mine, I will make them my treasure, my jewels. I will spare them. As a man who spares his own son who serves him. Verse 18. Then you shall be able to tell between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one who takes God seriously and serves him and the one who does not serve him. Because I guarantee you on that day, many are going to say, oh, I got a relationship with God. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Yeah, I don't know you. Don't, don't come saying you know me when I haven't seen you. You're not part of the team. You don't show up at practice. You don't read the book. That's not. That's not. So we can confidently say Isaiah 3.10, say to the righteous, say to the righteous, it's going to be so good for you this year. It's going to be extremely amazing for you this year. Say to the righteous, it will be well with them. They shall eat all the food that they planted. All the life, the walk with God they've had, it's going to come back to them. But verse 11, it says, do the same thing. Just like you said, well to the righteous, tell the wicked. Whoa! It will be infirm, ill. You are sick, poor devil. This Wellington Boone says that early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Healthy, wealthy, wise. Sick, poor, stupid. The wicked. Healthy, wealthy, and wise are righteous. Healthy, sick, if you're, if you're unrighteous. He- wealthy, poor. Wise, foolish. I-, I want to encourage you to make that line a larger gap. He says, don't stay in the middle. I'd rather you hot or cold. If you're in the middle, I'll throw you up. You're not to be just... Just in there, in that mix, people can't tell if you're real or fake. Are you a real Christian or a fake Christian? For he says, woe to the wicked, it shall be ill with him. For he will have the consequences of what his hands have done shall be given to him. A lot of us want what we have not sown for. There's two places of refuge in this time. Proverbs 18.10 will be the refuge for the people of God. It'll be the character of God. The character of God will be a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run and are safe. But what's it say in verse 11? The rich think that their wealth is a strong city. And in his own mind, he thinks it's a high wall. It's going to be tested. When that tsunami comes, when that tidal wave hits... We're going to see where you stand, where your health is going to be, where your peace is going to be, where your prosperity is going to be. It better be in the tower of the Lord. It better be in Psalm 18, verse 2. It is a strong rock and fortress. My God is a deliverer. He tells cancer, get out of here. He tells tumors, disappear. There's no money that does that. It's our God. It's his presence. It's his truth. If you want to ask me, talk to Omar before you leave the service. Talk to Omar. He'll tell you what God delivered him from. Because he's a faithful God. And you want to stand strong in the day when, when evil comes your way. And so let's stand this uh, afternoon now. Uh, we started in the morning. We finished in the early afternoon here. I want to... Uh, how many are going to participate in the Isaiah fast? Could you raise your hand? Raise your hand. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna set away 21 days 
to the Isaiah fast, and that'll be 21 days of random acts of kindness. It will be 21 days of visiting the poor, winning souls for the Lord, uh, not missing a service. That's going to be big because some of you guys are missers. It's 21 days of not missing a service, and you're going to be faithful not only on Sundays but on the midweek. Guess what? I think the change is pretty cool, man. It's just for a church service, you know, barbecue, and, and God is going to move us into an Isaiah fast here. And, and guess what? I don't know. I, I promise you. I promise you one thing. Listen, I don't know any other church in the world that's doing this. I do not know it. There might be people that are doing it. But we, with the last two years, we've done the Daniel fast. And because we walk with Jesus, we're not practicing religion. We're not doing what other people do. We're in the presence of God. And we want to do what God wants us to do. And, 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 you know, it's this way, and God says, or oh, this way, and God will direct us and we'll follow him. And he says, I want to see you walk in an Isaiah fast. I want to see now an expression, not of what the religion you bring into your little circle. And I know for some people, they just got rained on. They're like, oh, I had my schedule already. I was going to eat soybeans on Tuesday, and I had my little soup. I went. Listen to me. God doesn't want any of that. God wants you to live for his glory and his presence. So he switched it on you. He switched it on me. And so I'm saying, Lord, Isaiah fast. Isaiah fast it is. Well, I'm going to walk like that. Raise your hand. Let's pray. So we enter this together. And for three weeks, we're going to walk faithfully. Father, we give you thanks for your word this morning. We give you thanks that you have set aside a time for us. Not to afflict our soul, but to refresh the souls of others. Not to be introspectively in our religious pursuit of you, but to be extra, extra going a second mile to reach the lost, the oppressed, the afflicted. For this is the year of Jubilee. When the disciples of John asked you, Master, why don't your disciples fast like we do? You said, because they are with me. They will fast later. And Lord, we are with you. And we will fast later this year also, Lord. But this is the time you're asking us for an Isaiah fast. And we enter into it with prayer, Lord. And with sober seriousness. Because this is your word. You want us to lift up the yoke of those that are captive, oppressed, anguished, downtrodden, sick, naked, poor. We will be there refreshing. We will be faithful to attend your services in the house of the Lord even the prayer services on Saturday for three weeks Lord we're gonna we're gonna do this as an Isaiah fast so that your name would be exalted and lifted up and you could write this down in the book of your remembrance those that serve you and those that don't those that live for you and those that don't father for we want to be on the side of your refreshing we want to be on the side of your blessing we ask your spirit and your grace to accompany us and allow us to be sustained in our Isaiah fast for these three weeks. In Jesus' name we pray. And the house of God says, amen and amen and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord and have a great lunch.